You're listening to the Rural Advancement Podcast. Rural Advancement provides resources to empower, equip, and encourage rural pastors and churches. Join our community by visiting us at ruraladvancement.com. Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Rural Advancement. This is the podcast that is by rural leaders and for rural leaders. It is our goal every single week to bring you content that is not just spoken to the rural church, but is spoken by people who get it, by people who have lived there, worked there, and ministered there throughout their ministry careers. And uh, we get excited every week to kind of have these conversations that that hopefully speak right to the heart of what you're working with. If you are a Sunday school teacher, a bivocational pastor, a deacon, uh, just someone in a small town and a small place trying to make a difference for God's kingdom, we are so glad you tune in today. I am your host, Joe Epley. Uh, If you've been tracking with us in this uh, new year in 2023, we have been enjoying some great conversations about kind of church planting and church revitalization. And today we have a really cool opportunity in front of us to talk about uh, missions, right? This concept of supporting missionaries who go around the world and share the gospel. And the coolest part about missions is that it really has this awesome history and wonderful connection with the rural church, especially in those branches of Christianity that that have sent a lot of missionaries. I know of you know, my own tribe is the Assemblies of God, and that's kind of their foundations. They wanted to be a, a movement that sent missionaries. And so uh, to that end, our special guest today is uh, a missionary and a pastor, Manuel Prabudas, and he has just had a wonderful career and tenure. And so I'm going to let him tell his story. But the first thing I want to say is, Manuel, how are you doing, sir? Hey, I'm doing well. I'm so glad that I could be part of this podcast and looking forward to chatting with you, sharing with the audience. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I just want to dive right into your uh, kind of your story. Uh, I love this because I get a chance to chat with you over the phone before these conversations start. And I know that as we spoke, I just was really touched by your story. Um, and so maybe take a second to not only maybe describe kind of your ministry thus far in life, but kind of your connection to the rural church. And so kind of fill us in on on who you are and, and what God's done, you know, through your through your ministry journey. So Hey, uh, I was born and raised in India, but my first ministry experience uh, as a pastor came in in a rural setting in Wyoming. In fact, I pastored in a town of 800 people, uh, along with my wife, who's from Wyoming. And uh, we were involved as a district youth director and uh, education, Christian education director. And we did a lot of camps with youth and children in a rural setting. So I have a lot of interaction not only with rural towns, but also the youth, the children who come from those towns and work together. And uh, that's where we started for the first eight years. Then we were missionaries, AG missionaries in Madagascar for about 17 years. And in the last 10 years, we've been in France. So that is uh, our journey uh, in the last few years. But the connection to rural is uh, very intense and deep especially in the mission setting, um, because it's the rural churches that sent us. So uh, that's an awesome. So I'm always thankful and really recognize the importance of rural churches. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, even uh, on your missionary journeys, you know, when you're when you were in Madagascar for 17 years and now in France, um, during that time, I mean, are you interacting with a rural setting in those contexts as well? Why don't you maybe fill us in on what that has looked like for you? In in, in Madagascar, it's a, 
it's a setting that's rural because uh, uh, everywhere you go, once you leave the main city, that's the capital city, most of it is rural setting. Sure. Where there are farmers, whether it's a cottage industry or uh, individual farming, they understand the value of how to live in that rural city and bring production and things like that. So when we plant churches, these are the rural setting we work with. And the pastors come from that, that area. And even in France, I mean, when you say France, uh, we always think about Paris. Sure. But once you leave Paris, I would say 70% of French population is somehow interacting with rural industry, rural setting farmers. And uh, that mindset is ingrained in them. That's sure. the most important outside of that city. Yes, even within the city itself. Yes. Yeah. And honestly, uh, again, what a cool tenure. What a cool journey. Um, I love that your story yeah, starts in India, ends up in Wyoming. And then obviously, I mean, that's that's at least if we get India and Madagascar and France, that's at least and America, of course, it's four continents right there, you know, and that's <laughs> so that's pretty good. And and obviously the common thread through it all is doing God's work in small places. And so thank you for sharing that. Again, it always is just helpful for our listeners to understand that, again, who we are talking to uh, gets this unique experience of what it is to minister in, in small places, because it is a different setting. You know, it's just like I can't speak to ministering in, on the African continent because I've, I've never done it. Um, but but again, if you've done it, if you lived in these rural contexts uh, it really produces something worthwhile to say. And and obviously that was kind of the bulk of our conversation on the phone. And so the first, you know, first question in terms of that conversation that I want to ask you is uh, when we spoke over the phone, you mentioned some interesting and powerful statistics on rural mission support. I know you spoke to me both about your personal uh, support as a missionary and the churches that supported you, but also you kind of spoke about the Assemblies of God uh, fellowships kind of worldwide uh, missionary presence, right? These are the men and women who have, you know, gone around the world sharing the gospel and how it was connected to rural. And so why don't you take a second and just uh, share with us those things? And then I'm going to ask you kind of the importance of that. So just fill us in on, on what that looks like. Uh, as I said, uh, more than 50%, almost 60% of our missionary task force come from rural churches. In fact, in Assembly of God movement in U.S., more than 50% of our pastors come from rural backgrounds. So oh, wow. rural churches have a very uh, important role in shaping and sending these committed ministers. So we are here because of that uh, effort by the rural churches. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and for you personally, you know, how does rural support yes. play into you? Yes, personally. 70 to 80% of my support, financial, prayer support, faithfulness, comes from rural churches, especially mm. from Wyoming, Nebraska, Kansas, and most oh, of them sure. are rural churches. And uh, I appreciate that, that uh, they have that commitment of long-term in supporting us and praying for us. And that's a great, great connection. So I understand the importance. Yeah, and and maybe my next question is because obviously that's a powerful statistic. I mean, for your own personal life, that is huge to say that the rural church honestly has paved the way for you to fulfill God's call in your life. But then also for the assemblies of God worldwide to say that almost two thirds of our missionaries are coming from these small town churches and 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 coming at it. So I want to ask you, why do you think the rural church has such a strong connection? to mm -hmm. sending and supporting missionaries? I, I think basically uh, the mobilization factor. 
What do I mean by that is there's a high percent of active members for leadership in a rural church mm. than in other contexts. I mean, the rural church people, they come and say, uh, I have talents, abilities, and all those things, but uh, I'm blessed to contribute rather than asking, how can I contribute? Oh, sure. In, in a way, they come, I, I wouldn't say ready-made, of course, sure. God uses them, but at the same time, there is a willingness, and it's very organic and natural willingness. And uh, so mobilization, uh, of uh, they're mobilized to participate. They ask questions. And so they assimilate mm. the missions thinking, ministry thinking easier because mm. they participate. Yeah. I'm yeah. not saying church assimilates, it's the individual sure, sure. In that context assimilate all these various factors and they say, okay, I want to be part of this. Mm. They go for the long haul, they go for the long term. That's one thing. And the other thing would be, uh, what is organic in them is relationship. A oh. pastor models that relationship because he's close to them, he involves with them, he's, he has an access. I mean, uh, people are have an access towards the pastors and leadership, mm. and they talk about these things. So uh, in, a, in a different setting, it could be harder. It's not that they wouldn't want to have that, but it sure, is sure. not practical to have that. Whereas in a rural church, you have all these advantages of access, mobilization, wanting to do, and you, you're ready to go at it. So I think that is a big part of it. And not only that, it is not uh, in a way calling for, hey, can you do this? It develops naturally. And and I like that part of it in rural setting. So yeah. I, I think that's an important factor. Yeah. Why so many people are involved is sure. because uh, they're willing to say, okay, yeah, absolutely. And I think one of the things we value about uh, like a podcast and, and really a larger conversation on this subject is that we want to reframe how people see the rural church. Because again, a lot of times people might say, well, the rural church has this negative aspect and this negative quality. But to hear from you, uh, all the positives that have transferred over from from not just, you know, the missionary support aspect, but then mm -hmm. but into the mission field. I mean, yeah, you want to talk about strength of relationships, access to the pastor. These are all ingredients that mm -hmm. make ministry work around the world. You know, these are unchanging yeah. principles. And, and to find them ready-made in the rural church is a huge win. It's a huge uh, compliment to how God is using the rural church. So, man, that's exciting stuff. Okay, let's talk about this then. So, obviously... Um, you, you know, we mentioned that the, a rural church has this ability to raise up leaders that are sent into the mission field. Now, yeah. you have had the privilege of being both a rural pastor and then yeah. obviously a missionary in rural places. And so let's talk about comparisons. Like, I know that uh, maybe the conversation about longevity or long-term results, it, kind of these things that popped up, but but maybe fill us in on two or three of those things where, you know, how 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 has one you know, been the same and, and contributed to the success of the other? You know, how are they the same? So it, one of the things I see is uh, in a rural setting, uh, it, it, it's a, sometimes it's hard in the sense it seems remote. Sure. And it seems uh, kind of who's looking at us. We're sometimes forgotten or forgotten people or forgotten places. And in the mission also, it is so far away. The sure. extremities are far away, and it is not a daily uh, thought process or dinner table talk anywhere. 
so sometimes uh, we 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 kind of think, man, somebody has forgotten us. We are way out on the sure. part of the world. So I think there is a similarity comparison that we develop certain skills uh, that uh, dependence on God, sure, and that people don't forget, and there is certain resilient resiliency that uh, that develops in us and saying. Uh, I, I, I'm called by God and people are supporting us and, and uh, same as in rural areas. Those are some of the qualities I, I believe it's important. There's a resiliency, there's a, uh, not giving up. We're going we're gonna to do with God's help. And we continue to plant seeds faithfully. And we understand in some ways that uh, we don't measure success by a standard rule of this needs to happen, but our mm. success is measured by how faithful we are. Oh wow! So that, that, not that others are not faithful, but that sure, becomes sure. our priority, our uh, number one thing. Okay, I'm gonna. God has put us here. We're gonna be faithful, and we're gonna plant churches. So, and we see that God sees our ministry, and our mm. ministry matters. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, those are some of those things that I believe, and so we continue to plant seeds. So, uh, the other comparison would be. For rural and missionists, we have limited resources. Hey, that's what I'm talking about. <laughs> so what we do is we learn how to manage those resources. For example, we can immediately go hire a children's pastor. Or, uh, right, you know, right. So we're limited in the resource, but we have strength within the church. And we know, we, we, we in fact, we develop, but not necessarily know, develop uh, how to develop these, uh, re, uh, these leadership level within sure. the community so managing the resources becomes one of the uh, <laughs> uh treasure yeah we yeah, yeah the, for sure we find the resources yeah <laughs> they're not absolutely so we find the resources and we need to be able to use their strengths rather than we're looking for some expertise to come and do ministry sure sure, sure. so there's a, once again there's an organic part natural part involved in we use their strengths and yeah. it's in missions as well as rural areas. Um, there might not be a corresponding person with an exact expert call, but right. they come with strengths, abilities, right. talents that we kind of say, hey, I want to tap into that. Yeah. And of course, uh, development is always a process. And uh, I, I, I always say this, you know, sometimes we overestimate short-term goals and underestimate sure. long-term goals mm. in a rural setting this works well because it's long-term somebody right. said, if you want a fig or if you want an apple it's not going to come instantly you have to wait right. for it to blossom bear fruit and then wait for it to ripen <laughs> so yeah. it's a it's a we we understand we look at what can we accomplish in the next so many years rather than what is my 2023 resolution sure sure and it changes and it changes how we view success right it changes how we view what is successful yeah so as you continue to work in a mission field you want to put that in the context and saying god is calling me to be faithful and he has something in the future and my regard should be and my concentration should be my focus should be on development Mm -hmm. developing and tapping into their strengths and looking for the opportunities. Absolutely. And you know, uh, one of the, again, one of the reasons I love this conversation is, uh, is 
I think that sometimes, you know, I feel like people take a journey when they think of the rural church and they start out, if they're not from that rural context, they might start out with that, that bad stereotype or that negative view. And then eventually they might become okay with the rural church, recognizing it has value and recognizing these contexts. But what we're talking about here is that our goal in the world, really, I mean, if we if we take the Bible, right, the Great Commission, that famous line of let's yep. get out there, let's tell people about Jesus. We're not just saying the rural church is like doing okay in that. We're saying that we could actually look to the rural church to see some of those good principles in action that then could translate into missionary work. And like, wow, I mean, what value yep. does that bring? to a rural pastor who's trying to do their job well, because we're saying, hey, the principles you're living by, the way you're measuring success are going to prepare us to go out into the world and preach the gospel. And like, that's huge. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm ready to have a conference, you know what I'm saying? I'm ready to get a whole lineup of rural speakers and just go for it, you know? (laughs) And it's important for us to go beyond. I know sometimes we feel like we're undervalued and overlooked, but the, but God gives us a goal and a mission. You know, that's a uh, that's one point I want to make is uh, the defining. God gives us a simple thing. He says the defining condition of the world is lostness. That's sure. a pretty big theme. Huh? Yeah. I mean, we're not looking at okay which particular sin or anything like that. The sure. defining condition of the world is lostness. However, it is in whichever part of the world is, whether rural, urban, extremities of the earth. So we understand the mission well, and we go go to kind of accompany and accomplish. Sure, absolutely. Well, uh, so so kind of along these lines, but maybe taking a little bit of a deeper look. Mm-hmm. I asked you the question over the phone. I said, "What's kind of this universal characteristic of church planting?" Because again, um, whether we're in a small context or big, one of the things that people are talking about a lot right now is how are pastors and missionaries both multiplying the church? You know, how are we planting new churches and how are we bringing the work of God forward? And whether you're planting a new church in the next town over in a state in the U.S. or whether you're doing it in Africa or any continent, really, I mean, it's it's that question of how do we plant churches? And you mentioned this universal characteristic. You talked about the word perseverance. And again, we've touched on it a little, but yeah. maybe take us on a deeper dive why do you feel like this is such an important aspect for pastors and church planters, missionaries, the whole gamut to have is perseverance? So maybe maybe take a second on that. I, I believe pers- when we say perseverance, it somewhat seems or sounds like a word that's very passive. Okay. Me, perseverance is very active. It's an action word. Uh, it's filled with action. And perseverance is the choice to keep doing what's right, even though... It hasn't yet produced the results we were looking for. Wow, I love that. You know, <laughs> we're looking for it, and we keep doing it. What I mean by that is it still keep moving forward. That's what perseverance does is it keeps us moving forward and keeps us doing, even though the exact result hasn't yet come. And uh, also, in that way, perseverance, and I say an action word, because it keeps us focused on that goal. You know, it uh, in fact uh, not only keeps us focused, it clarifies the focus. It gives clarity about uh, what we're doing, where we are going, sure. and who is responsible for those victories. Absolutely. I, I come to I said, okay, I've done this. It's now God's 
going to give the resources. God's going to give me the victory, and God is going to give get me through. And uh, so once again, uh, all the factors of resiliency and other things comes into play. Sure. Practically, practically speaking, uh, it's an intentional act that we take when we persevere because I'm going to do it again. I'm going to mm-hmm. do it again. And I keep moving. Maybe I'll move forward a little bit and take a step backward, but it's going. Yeah. So I believe that's a, that's why I believe whether it's a church planting, in a rural setting, in mission, the, 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 con- the, the common concept that we need to always wrestle with maintaining that persevering persevering spirits yeah and honestly uh I, I love i love the way you define that perseverance is is really i mean it's it's active and it's trusting god you know if i if i do say man i'm going to get up and do that same thing uh yeah. even though even though i can't produce those results you know i mean think of all the the you know what, what do we always talk about with jesus parables there's the main point but there's all the other stuff you learn too and obviously perseverance really is, it's the main point. And yet along the way, God is teaching us lessons and the church lessons. Man, that's a powerful, uh, that's a powerful bit of encouragement for a real pastor to say, Hey, there's another Sunday coming. And that's our job is to keep, keep rolling forward, you know, and man, that's huge. And and it gives us uh, a different perspective also. I mean, it puts it the right, right perspective because uh, we, we, we see who's in command. Yeah. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and we could all be reminded, yeah, for sure that like this doesn't fall on us, you know, like whether yeah. whether you come from a, a place where you kind of have a, a inflated ego and you have to be reminded like, hey, you're not as cool as you think you are, or whether you're feeling down and out and you say, man, I'm not good enough. Both of those are solved when you recognize that God is in control of his church, you know. And it's that cool asks us to make this introspective question is what is what problem is challenging us, challenging you? your perseverance right now what are the problems that are challenging me why am i in a in a <laughs> mode of hurrying or not sure losing my perseverance i, I mean uh, so it we need to ask what are the challenges i'm facing today that troubling my perseverance because of wow. the perspective that god gives and the action that you're involved in keep going keep moving forward mm. what good what a good encouragement well, hey, the last thing I want to ask you about is is kind of something. Um, it's it's you had a bit of wisdom that I really enjoyed, and I know you've done a lot of work both with planning new churches, kind of revitalizing churches, uh, mm-hmm. training teams to do those two tasks, and all those things. I mean, I just I think you have a wealth of experience across your ministry. But you mentioned how the church needs to have something kind of quote unquote new, especially mm-hmm. in a rural setting, because you you know a lot of times rural gets this reputation of being stuck in the mud. Um, but also not necessarily something we've never done, you know, kind of this balance of like, we want to do a new thing, but we're not just introducing foreign concepts here. And so what does that mean? Maybe break that down for us. What does that mean as we approach rural ministry? As we approach that, uh, one of the things that I want to see happen within me and each and every one of us is, uh, what is the new strategy? Mm. It's not like we're changing the base, the foundation, the message. Sure thing or whatever but what would be a new strategy to approach this person to share the love of god because uh, he is a little different or whatever may be the causes uh, what i mean by new things is it's a new strategy and having that existential flexibility mm. having that within us that's what i mean 
by new thing. Um, oh, sure. But I have to be on guard always that I don't stay in a status quo or assume that it's going to be like this. Sure. It's not automatic cruise control. Right. Them, and we serve in rural setting. Right. And you said sometimes people think we do the same thing again and again. No, uh, everybody does the same thing again and again. But on the right. other hand, what is my new strategy in approaching God? Well, how, I mean, in every aspect of our life, whether it's in getting in contact with an outsider or sure. in worship or uh, in my personal growth. Yeah. Those are the new approaches, new strategies. or um, So that's what I meant by new, sure. new way to look at things. Yes. Yeah. And I love how that connects. You know, I think... I think one one of the things we forget is that, and I, and I think you said it perfectly. You said this is not just a ministry strategy. This is a internal you as a Christian thing. You know what I'm saying? It's not just you as the minister, but you're saying, am I? Am I? You know, whether it's Manuel, whether it's me, like, am I open to God doing something new, even if the base hasn't changed and the foundation and the message still lives in my heart? But stretching me, you know, and and what a challenge for all our rural pastors to say, hey, are you being refreshed in the Lord so that you can bring that to your church and continue moving things forward? Yeah, and it, and it's it's a capacity to shift. Sure, capacity to shift. Uh, sometimes, I mean, in any given situation, inertia sets in. Also, right, so we have to kind of work hard at not setting ourselves in that. And we keep the momentum because we get it. It's all, it's natural or equipped. There's a good uh, circumstances that context that we work with. But personally, I want to, I want to be, I want to experience God's mercies, which are new every morning. And for that to happen, I have to also come and say, okay, God, where do I shift? Yeah. Where is my perspective on this problem comes? And so, that's what I'm talking about. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. And I think, honestly, we've seen it lived out in your ministry. You know, I, I feel like I remember on the phone that that obviously, I mean, you came from India and you got to see ministry done in a predominantly, you know, religious pluralistic context. I mean, this is your background. These are your people. And then you get to, you know, Seattle for mission for ministry training. You head to Wyoming. Totally different. Yeah. So you're flexible again. And then it's Madagascar. You're flexible again. And then I think I remember you telling me, you said, Hey, we kind of got back from Madagascar and you're, and it, it you know, I, I know that you told me like, Hey, it was kind of like, you know, we ended up in France, weren't really expecting it, weren't really, but then again, there's flexibility there because France is a totally different space. And like, I love that you have not just preached this, but really have lived this and had to live this through the course of your ministry tenure. Yes. Uh, and I'm, I'm thankful for God's grace, thankful for the family, thankful for the churches, especially the rural church. But shift with us, adapt with us, and say, okay, this is a new call, new field. The mission is the same, but uh, it's uh, how we are going to adapt to the circumstances and the context that sure. are in front of us, especially language skills, cultural skills, new people, new place, yet God gives us the favor. Mm-hmm. And those things, is we want to be ready to be used by God. Absolutely. Well, thank you. This has been such a delightful conversation. And so, Pastor slash Missionary Manuel, I just want to say thank you so much for being on today. Oh, it's a it was my pleasure. 
thank you for inviting me, Joe, and appreciate this time with you. And Absolutely. God bless us, those who are here. Yeah, and, honestly. Yeah, may God bless the work, you know? Amen. <laughs> well, hey, I just want to say, I just want to say uh, one more time, you know, this has been Pastor and Missionary uh, Manuel Prabudas, and I am your host, Joe Epley. And uh, and thank you again for tuning into Rural Advancement. Uh, I just want to say that every week, again, we really try hard to bring you content that's going to speak right to where you're at. We're so glad you tuned in. You know, I've, I've said this before, but you're definitely able to find us on Spotify and on Apple Podcast and at our website, www.ruraladvancement.com. But as always, in the most rural of fashions, uh, the true way that this podcast is going to spread by one minister, one volunteer, sharing it with someone else who they think could maybe benefit from this teaching. And uh, and we're excited to be on that journey with you. If you ever want to reach out for support, for questions, for feedback on the show, I always include my email in the show notes. Thank you so much, and we will see you next week. Mm-hmm.